Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to St Anne's, and welcome to our final Sunday service in this current online format. However, it's by no means the end of our online presence, and we've got plans to ensure that we continue to have an online presence well into the future. It's been a real journey since our first online service aired on the twenty-second of March. It seems ages ago, doesn't it? Since then. We've tweaked and we've changed things. We've added different ideas, and we've seen our online congregation grow. It's been amazing over these last few months seeing how many different churches across the nation、uh, have gone above and beyond the call of duty to ensure that Sunday worship has continued and that our different church families have been able to gather, albeit virtually, together. It's been wonderful that you've come along with us on that journey. We've loved. Reading your comments and your suggestions, and it's been amazing to welcome some new members to Saint Anne's Church family from different parts of the world. I'll talk in more depth later on about how we're going to move forward from here, but for now, let's focus on why we're here, and that is all about worshiping God. So let's just spend a moment in quiet, put into one side. All those things that are going on in our lives, and let's use this time just to focus on Jesus. Let's come into His presence, into the presence of a holy God, a powerful God, a loving God. Right at the heart of the Holy Trinity is relationship, and God longs to be in relationship with you and me. That's why He created us. And it's as we come close to God, we realise just how gracious, how merciful, how loving, and how compassionate He is. And our response to that is a natural one of worship and praise. Throughout these online services, we've been using the Psalms as a way of leading us into worship, and I'm going to use the words from Psalm 100 to help us today. Verses two to four says this: Serve the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God; it is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. So let's enter His gates with thanksgiving now, and let's praise Him as we join together in song worship.
thanks Tim and Liz for leading us in our worship once again. We're so blessed to have so many wonderful and gifted people as part of our church family. Before I hand over to Paul, who's going to be leading us with our Bible reading, and then Matt, who will be speaking to us a little bit later on, just want to give a little notice about how we're going to move forward uh, in the coming weeks. As lockdown restrictions are slowly being lifted and churches are now able to open their doors for public worship, we are really excited to be able to open our newly refurbished church uh, from next Sunday onwards, which is the 19th of July. Which means, as I said right at the start of this service, that this is the last online service in this current format, but it's not the last online service at all. Uh, for the time being, church is going to look a little bit different and we'll all need to be patient with one another as we find our feet in our new building, but also working towards the, the guidelines and the restrictions that are in place. I think the message is, yes, church is open, but we still have to ensure that we're doing everything we can to make your safety our priority. So with that in mind, there will be three services on a Sunday, a 9am, a 10.30am and a 12pm. And each of those services will have a maximum of 50 places. Now that's keeping to the two metre social distance ruling. You can indicate which service you'd like to attend by visiting our website www.saintannesegbeth.com and booking your place there or by phoning the vicarage direct. Now it is a ticketing system but obviously tickets are completely free. There's no charge to come to church, obviously. Our 9am service will be a more traditional service, while the other two services will be more contemporary in style. At this stage, there will, sadly, there'll be no crash or there'll be no Sunday school or children's groups. And parents are asked to ensure that they supervise their children at all times. We will have a dedicated team of people on hand to welcome you and to ensure that social distancing guidelines are being followed. And we ask for your cooperation in this. In between each of the services, the chairs will be swapped out and high traffic areas will be thoroughly cleansed. All that said, it's still really exciting to be, th to be able to think about getting back into our church building. Because I think for us at St. Anne's, it's been a longer exile than most other churches. When you think we left our church as the building works began, it was the second week in January. So we've been out of our building for six months. That's a long time to be away from home, isn't it? And I'm sure you're really excited about seeing the newly refurbished building. It does look amazing. And it now offers a completely different worship space and is completely versatile meaning that it's fit for mission for years to come. We're so blessed to have such an amazing building. It's great, and I'm sure you'll love it when you see it. At the right time, we have a lot of celebrating to do, and we have a lot of thanking to do. And we will be holding a special service, an opening service, a commissioning service, but we can't do that just yet. It's a service that we want everyone to be able to attend. And we realise that at the moment, not everyone is ready to attend or ready to return to church and we completely understand that. As Matt said last week, it may be that you're shielding yourself or you're shielding uh, for a loved one. So please don't feel under any pressure to return to church until you are ready to do so. 
For those of you who have joined us in recent months as part of our online church family, we're doing all that we can to ensure that each week we'll have a live stream of one of our Sunday services. Now, obviously, this will take some working out and there'll be some teething problems along the way. So again, please do be patient with us as we get this up and running. But we will get there eventually. So do stay connected with us and continue to join us online for Sunday worship. And it may be, if you're fairly local, that you might be able to come along to the physical building and meet us in the flesh. We would love to see you there and you'll be made most welcome. But also our Wednesday Reflections, they will continue to be uploaded each week for the foreseeable future. They're not stopping yet, so do enjoy uh, watching those as they're uploaded every week. I think that's all I need to say at this stage. And I look forward to seeing some of you in the church building next Sunday. But for now, let's have our Bible reading from Paul, after which Matt will speak to us. Good morning, everybody. This morning's reading is Psalm 51. This is a psalm written by David after he was confronted by Nathan about his affair with Bathsheba. Generous in love, God, give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt, soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been, my sins are staring me down. You're the one I've violated and you've seen it all, seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you, whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step with you for a long time, in the wrong since before I was born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. Enter me then conceive a new, true life. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow-white life. Tune me into foot-tapping songs, set these once-broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health, God. Make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from grey exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence, God, my salvation, God, and I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God. I'll let loose with your praise. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God-worshipping when my pride was shattered. Heart-shattered lives, ready for love, don't for a moment escape God's notice. Make Zion the place you delight in. Repair Jerusalem's broken down walls. Then you'll get real worship from us. Acts of worship, small and large, including all the bulls they can heave onto your altar. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. I want to begin with a question. What do you do when you've done something wrong? I know my default reaction is to try to hide it or to cover it up, but I guess others of us will try to explain it away. Back in 2012, a gentleman called Dmitry Kriokov was faced with a $400 fine for not stopping at a stop sign somewhere in America. So he did what he did best. Being a university physicist, he wrote a mathematical paper and he entitled it Proof of Innocence. 
And in it, he argued that while it looked to the police officer like he hadn't stopped, it was, in fact, still physically possible that he had come to a complete stop at the sign. His excuse was basically that there was an optical illusion confusing the police officer. Well, guess what? His paper was a success. The judge accepted his explanation and he didn't pay the fine. Well done, Dimitri. Now, for the rest of us, we're often less able to accomplish such elaborate schemes. So if we can't explain it away, we might resort to blaming someone else. The kids were fighting in the back seat. The car behind was driving too close. The police officer picked on me. I'm normally such a careful driver. You see, we hide our mistakes, don't we? We explain them away. We blame someone else. But it's not just driving. We mess up at work, at home, in relationships. And we also mess up before God. We ignore him and fall into sin. Sometimes we make the mistakes over and over again. I've lost track of how many times my prayers have started. Lord, I've done it again. Please forgive me. I'm sure many of us can relate to such a prayer. You see, when we do things wrong and when we know we're at fault, they can shake our faith, can't we? We can start to ask questions. Why have I done it again? Am I still a Christian? Why haven't I grown more like Jesus? Should I just give up? Is God really going to forgive me again? Well, what should we do when we keep doing wrong and such questions arise? Well, our Bible passage today helps us, Psalm 51. It's a psalm that was written by David. That's King David of David and Goliath fame. He was the most famous and respected king in all of Israel's history. He was God's chosen and anointed king. But there was a problem. The heading from Psalm 51, just above verse 1, says this. For the director of music, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. The problem, as you can see from the heading, is that David did something wrong. He made a terrible mistake. 2 Samuel chapter 11 gives us the details and it shows just how toxic his mistake was. You see, one night King David went for some air on the roof of his palace. And as he was walking about, from there he spotted a beautiful woman having a wash and he liked what he saw. So being king, he sent people to find out who she was. Not only entertaining thoughts in his mind, he also acted upon them. But there's a problem. Both David and this lady Bathsheba were married, but that didn't matter to David. He called her to the palace and he had an affair with her. But it doesn't stop there. Bathsheba became pregnant. David would be found out. So he tried to hide it. He called her husband Uriah home from war and hoped that they'd sleep together. But it didn't work. Things got worse. David plotted with his commanding officers to have Uriah killed in battle. And this time, the plan worked. And then David took Bathsheba as his wife. Lust, adultery, lying, murder and theft. David had broken five of the Ten Commandments in only a few months. How is this going to end? Well, in his mercy, God raised up the prophet Nathan, who confronted King David. David amazingly was convicted of his wrongdoing and confessed it. 
And David's heartfelt confession and his prayer is what we have before us this morning. Confessing his sin, pleading for God's mercy and relying on God's restoration. Now, some people think that Christianity is all about being good. You're good if you go to church, pray, read your Bible, give money. These people see Christianity as a way to please God. If you do these things, he'll bless you and he'll look after you. And if you don't do these things, well, then he won't. But there's a problem with that opinion, a huge problem. Psalm 51. You see, Psalm 51 begs to differ with that idea that you can only be a Christian if you're good. You see, Psalm 51 is a chapter in God's holy word that was written by someone who didn't do what was right. In verses one and two, David talks of his transgressions, his iniquities, his sins, words that mean rebellion, crookedness and missing the mark. David was not a good person. Remember what he did. But somehow, God chose to use him. So let's find out why by looking at the rest of the psalm. Now, the first thing to notice is his confession in verses three to five. I'll read them for us. It says, David writes, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. David acknowledges his wrongdoing. He confesses it. He doesn't try to hide it anymore. He doesn't try to explain it away. He doesn't try to blame it on someone else. David is honest with God. He confesses that he did wrong. Now, I'm not sure what you think about verse four. David says to God, against you, you only have I sinned. Sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? David lusted after Uriah's wife, committed adultery with her, lied to his nation, murdered Uriah and stole his wife. How can he say that that was against God? Well, David grasped something important. When we do something wrong, ultimately it is against God. Each of these things David did broke God's commandments. So yes, they did impact other people, but ultimately they were against God. Ultimately, David had rebelled against God. He was corrupt. He had missed God's mark and he'd been like that since before birth, he says. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Even babies aren't perfect. I guess as a parent, I do know this is true. No one has taught my kids to misbehave. They've done it automatically. All of us are sinful. Whether we're a tiny baby or a very old person, all of us are sinful. And this is why David confesses to God. And amazingly, this is also what gives us hope. If all of our wrongdoing is against God, then there is a way to be forgiven. You see, God can forgive someone's sin because sin is ultimately against him. And that's why we need to confess our mistakes to him and why we can. Now, there might be two objections at this point. One might be that you don't really have much to confess. Unlike David, maybe you haven't committed adultery and you certainly haven't killed anyone. Well, let me use another example. I got married almost 13 years ago and it's been great. But fairly soon in my marriage, I realized that there was one thing I really didn't like. 
Now, don't worry, my wife Liz already knows what I'm going to say. You see, before I got married, I could do what I liked when I liked. If I wanted to stay up late, I did. If I wanted to leave the dishes until tomorrow, I could. But when I got married, and when we made a home together, I started to realise that actually I was quite selfish and I was quite lazy. You see, before I got married, I thought I was a pretty decent bloke and my poor wife thought the same. But even on honeymoon, the telltale signs were emerging. I'm not as good as I think. You see, the Bible is clear. We all sin. We all do wrong against God. It's not just non-Christians who need to ask for forgiveness when they accept Jesus as their saviour. And it's not just married men either. Everyone, including Christians, needs to confess their sin and ask for forgiveness because we all keep doing wrong. And if we think we don't have anything to confess to God, then most likely we haven't been listening to God or reading his word. We all need to confess to God because we have all sinned against God. But there might be a second objection. Isn't all this confession just beating ourselves up? Searching for things to feel bad about? Doesn't this take advantage of people with weak consciences and lead to guilt trips? Well, if it was only listing sin after sin, then that's possible, yes, it could be. But remember, David doesn't just confess. Listen to what he says in verses 1 and 2. He says this, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David asks God to forgive him. He doesn't base it on his own character, but on God's character, God's unfailing love and God's great compassion. You see, David is reminding himself of God's faithfulness. David's hope of forgiveness isn't airy-fairy pie in the sky. David knows that God has promised forgiveness to those who turn to him and that God is trustworthy. David clings to the promises of God. And for us, thousands of years later, things are so much better. See, we know about Jesus. David could only dream of how God's rescue would work. We have been told. Jesus has paid the price on the cross for us. Jesus took the punishment, not just for me or for you, but for everyone who ever lived. So to be forgiven, we just need to ask. God is willing and he is able. David says in verse 7, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. You see, when God cleanses us, we are clean. When he washes us, we are whiter than snow. All we need to do is ask. So David confesses his wrongdoing against God and then he trusts in God's promise of forgiveness. But even that's not the end of it. Verse 10, it gets even better. He says this, Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And verses 12 and 13, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. See, David asked for a new spirit to help him. In fact, he asked better than he knew. In the New Testament, Jesus promised that he would send his spirit on his followers, the Holy Spirit, who would dwell in his people. 
Imagine that. God living within you. That's what we remembered back at Pentecost. You see, when we trust Jesus, God cleans us up. He forgives us, but he also changes us. He changes us from the inside out by his Holy Spirit living within us. And those things we struggle with, those things we continue to struggle with, well, the Holy Spirit works within us to change us. So here's the really important bit. Christians aren't good to be right with God. No, God makes us right with him and then he makes us good. And yes, sometimes that process is slower than we'd like, slower than our family would like, but God will continue to forgive us and grow us in the meantime. All we need to do is ask. So whether you feel like life is spiraling out of control, a bit like David trying not to get caught, or maybe you're struggling with regret that you just can't forget about, or maybe there's an ongoing struggle you just can't shake off, well, we can ask God to forgive us because of Jesus. And we can ask him to change us by his Holy Spirit. All we need to do is ask. So why don't we do that now? Let's pray. Against you and you only have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So almighty God, we pray, have mercy on us, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out our transgressions, wash away all our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Cleanse us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. And Father, we pray that you would create in us a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. And Father, we pray these things, that you would be at work in us, that we would know your forgiveness. Father, we thank you so much that we can be forgiven because of Jesus. We thank you so much that you will put out your Holy Spirit within us when we trust in you. And so, Father, we ask and pray that as that happens, that you would transform us from the inside out, even when it feels like it's going a bit too slow, that we would continue to trust you for that. And also, Father, that we would praise you and glorify you for all of the amazing things that you do. So we pray that in Jesus' name and for his glory, not our glory, but his. Amen. Well, I'm going to hand over to Paul now, who's going to continue to lead us in our prayers. Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to reopen our refurbished church and once again enjoy gathering in worship, we ask that you bless our new space and help us all to work together to provide a safe environment in which to praise your holy name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask that through your Holy Spirit, you provide the wisdom and good judgment to our country's leaders as they wrestle with the difficult decisions needing to be taken to safely manage the easing of lockdown arrangements as a consequence of the ongoing pandemic. Let these decisions enable your people to once more enjoy the norms of daily life and to promote the recovery of our economy so as to avoid the inevitable consequences of a prolonged recession. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those that are sick in mind or body and ask that you guide our hospital teams in helping the NHS to address the backlog of patients who require much needed medical help. May you give those patients dealing with the anxiety of awaiting a diagnosis or delayed treatment the strength and comfort they need to have faith in you and to know that you hold them in your hands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one at this time, asking that you would uphold and strengthen them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our community of Egbeth and our wider nation, we ask that you open hearts and minds to the realisation of the damaging effects of racism and the need for a fair and just society in which we are all colourblind and see only the wonderful and very creation of humankind made by your hands. We ask these prayers in the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Paul, for leading us in prayer this morning. Thank you also to Matt for opening God's word to us. And thanks also to the other Paul for our reading and for Tim and Liz for leading us in worship. I think as we finish these online services in this format, it's right to acknowledge everyone who has played a part over these past few months. And there's been so many people who've been willing to get behind their cameras and to film themselves. And believe me, it's not easy and it takes some getting used to. And it also takes many takes to get it right. So a huge thank you to everyone who has done that and has played a part. You've really helped us to feel connected to the church family. And it's been great to see, for some, new faces and for others, familiar faces who we've missed seeing each week. Having different people involved has meant that the services have been far more engaging and listening uh, to, to different voices has been great rather than listening to my boring voice from beginning to end. As I said before, we are so blessed to have lots of gifted and wonderful people at St Anne's. But I think it would be right just to say a massive thank you to a few people, uh, particularly Tim and Liz, who have led our worship each week it's not easy to find the time to record a new song, particularly with a busy household like you have. And you've been amazing. And we want to say a massive thank you for helping us worship God. Also to Gary Renison. Gary, who is very much part of the preaching team here at St Anne's. Um, but over the past few months, Gary has gone above and beyond and has really helped us considerably by sharing the preaching load with Matt and myself. Huge thanks, Gary, to all for you and to all that you've done. And I know how much your preaching is valued by so many. Finally, to Paul Freeman Powell, who has used his gifts and skills in technology to put together the online service every single week. And that also includes our Wednesday reflections every single week. I am truly grateful to you, Paul, for all that you have done. And I know that you will continue to work on the live streaming services from this from next week onwards. 
But I want to acknowledge right now the hours and the hours that you have spent editing and producing these services. And it's not taken for granted. So from me and from all the church family, we want to say a huge thank you for enabling us to worship together during lockdown. And also for putting on the extra things, such as the Zoom pub quiz each week, uh, and also the Zoom tea and coffee after every service. You've been a tremendous blessing to us by using your gifts. So thank you. Whilst also doing all that, juggling your own family and your own work life. I think I've said enough. And so I'm going to say a final prayer of blessing. And then uh, we'll share tea and coffee together via Zoom if you'd like to join us. So let's pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look kindly upon you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always. Amen. So do join us for tea and coffee via Zoom immediately following this service. Details of how to do that will appear on the screen in just a few seconds. So for now, until I see you next week, either in the physical sense or through a live stream service, God bless. Body.